The best, most effective leaders are intentionally curious. And that's birthed out of this humility. They ask amazing questions. And there's this saying that I love, and that is you can tell a man is wise not by the answers that he gives, but by the questions he asks. At a young age, I learned that really successful people ask some of the most profound questions. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Zeveld. Hey guys, welcome to the One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business so it stops running you. I'm Trisha, and today we're going to talk about a topic that's incredibly important for every leader. What is effective leadership? And we have an expert guest joining this conversation today. Today we have with us Daniel Harkavy, who is the CEO and an executive coach at Building Champions. Daniel and his team have worked with thousands of clients and organizations to improve the way they lead and live. His most recent book, The Seven Perspectives of Effective Leadership, was released in October 2020, and we're going to talk all about it today. Welcome, Daniel. Trisha, thank you for the lovely intro. It's great to be with you, and I, I look forward to our conversation. Yeah, yeah, me too. So thanks for joining us today. And I have I have a fun question to just get us started. Um, okay. An icebreaker, if you will. What was your first job? All right. So first job would have been and my memory might be a little foggy because I did. I was entrepreneurial from a really young age. Oh, that's um, fun. So I think it all happened at the same time where I was mowing lawns, scooping dog poop, washing wow. windows and stuffing pharmaceutical samples in a neighbor's garage who is a pharmaceutical sales rep. And all of that would have been before teen years. So that would have been wow. like somewhere in that eight to 13 range. And then uh, my first job where I got a W-2, I was like, all right, you're not being paid cash under the table. <laughs> uh, that would have been dishwashing at Danny's Deli. I would ride my skateboard at the age 14 home from my house to the deli, and I would work there after school and on the weekends. Well, so you've been a hard worker from very early on. <laughs> you've been committed to it. Yeah, I'm weird. I'm really weird because no. um, the, the people that that you know have journeyed with me my, my wife and i have known each other uh, since we were 11 and uh, and as a result of that we have a lot of friends from those childhood days and uh, we've journeyed together for decades and so yes i'm a hard worker but i'm also a surfer and therefore mm -hmm. i've got a free spirit side when you know mm -hmm. the swells come in i want to be able to just leave and go surf yes. uh, but i also enjoy if I'm going to work, I want to, I want to do, I want to do good work, you know? Well, I feel like that's, that's kind of the answer to work-life balance, or I feel like that's the epitome of like what every person strives to have, right? The ability to kind of invest what they do in their work and do great work. But when the swells are calling your name, yeah. be able to step away and get some good surfing. So there I love that. Go. My girls actually surf. I never did. I always dreamed to surf. And then I just got old and it never happened. Although they challenged me today that I'm not too old to learn. You're so not we'll too see. old. Come on. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. Well, you need to take them up on that challenge and get out there. It's amazing. <laughs> 
I know, but maybe you have better surf than me. You're on the West Coast, right? You're out in California. I'm actually, I grew up in California. First 30 years were in California and the last few decades plus have been up in Oregon. Okay. I wear a wetsuit and I surf in cold water. Okay. That's even more challenging. I can't, I can't complain now. They're surfing in the warm waters of the Carolinas. So yeah, you you get out there. You'll have fun. Uh, I'll try it. Anyway, thanks for sharing that. I love that. Um, Will you talk to us a little bit about building champions, you know, talk to us about how you go from, you know, surfing and, and doing dishes and working at the Mm -hmm. deli to now really being a true entrepreneur and owning um, being the CEO of a business like Building Champions, which is really helping accelerate leaders in living their best lives. Yeah, so, you know, the backstory before Building Champions was that from the age 20 to 30, I was in mortgage banking. And at the age 23, I was given my first opportunity to lead. Uh, I was promoted to branch manager and assistant vice president, and that went really well. And uh, the reason it went really well was I had a knack for finding hardworking, uh, good you know, people with integrity. And I took my years of learning and success from 20 to 23, I had figured out this mortgage consulting business, the technical aspects, as well as the relational aspects. And uh, I started looking for people that I could help. So I, I started recruiting in the areas around Los Angeles, uh, which is where I was living at the time. And um, I attracted people that uh, believed I could help them. And I helped them. And really, uh, what I was doing was I was coaching them. But at the time, I didn't know that. And I did that and uh, really enjoyed it. And as a result of that enjoyment, I I flourished. And uh, when I was 27, I was promoted to run all of production. So I had offices throughout the Western United States, you know, hundreds of employees, teammates, branch leaders everywhere. And my job was to coach them. All right. Fast forward to the age 30. Age 30, I'm married. I have three wonderful kids and I'm traveling through those Western United States a lot. And uh, when you're traveling day in and day out throughout the week, it starts to make um, work-life balance and the ability to be present difficult. So I decided to make a big move when I was 30. I took a one-year sabbatical. I left the company. I was being groomed to be CEO and I stepped away and just great people there and, and all. And in that one year, I moved from Southern California up here to Oregon and I started building champions. So Building Champions is an executive coaching and leadership development company, 25 years old, celebrating our 25th anniversary next week. The team will be be together out in Central Oregon having a summit operation, which is something we coined, and I'll tell you how it is later. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we, uh, we have coaches throughout the country that work with business leaders, not just here in the U.S., but we have clients everywhere. And uh, we help them to lead them themselves, their teams and their organizations more effectively. Yeah, I absolutely love that. There's such a need for what you do. And you know, for any of our listeners out there, um, if, you, if you're really looking for the right coach to come alongside you, I, I highly recommend you. Um, you reach out to Thank Daniel's you. company. We've known you guys. Um, Belay has known you for many, many years. I've known you in prior from Michael Hyatt's organization and things like that. Yeah. So I just, 
You are so well known for what it is you do. So I'm, I'm thrilled you're here today. And I'm even more excited to talk a little bit about your most recent book. So maybe let's dive into and talk a little bit about the seven perspectives of effective leadership. Maybe you can share just like what the framework is of that book. And, and then we can talk through some just really great practical podcast coaching for some of our listeners today. You got it. Yeah. So I wrote this book as a result of creating a model with organizations. And what I find to be liberating and very enjoyable is when I can work with business leaders who are dealing with a whole set of inputs and their situations are very complex. And the more complex they are, usually the the more confusion and chaos and um, opportunity lies. So what I started doing was I started looking at my best leaders and I started to question what made them so effective. Mm -hmm. And what it came down to was these were leaders. And and, and I'm going to give you some like write down points, because Mm -hmm. if you're going to invest the time to listen to Trisha and I, I want to leave you with nuggets that will help you. My assumption is that you're leading. And that's who I'm going to speak to as leaders. So the best leaders And I'm talking about leaders who have done very successful startups. You know, you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, you know, Belay. So I'm going to talk about Brian and Shannon. I'm going to talk about Michael Hyatt. And then I'm going to talk about Martin Dom, who leads Daimler Global out of Stuttgart, Germany. Or I'm going to talk about Tim Tisopoulos, who leads Chick-fil-A or, you know, uh, leaders at Bristol-Myers Squibb or blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm -hmm. The best, most effective leaders are intentionally curious. And that's birthed out of this humility. They ask amazing questions. And there's this saying that I love, and that is you can tell a man is wise, not by the answers that he gives, but by the questions he asks. At a young age, I learned that really successful people ask some of the most profound questions. Mm. Now, what they're doing is they're gathering all of these inputs so they can figure out how to put those inputs and information into a structure that enables them to help people. That's what they're doing. Mm. So intentional curiosity is the theme behind the seven perspectives of effective leaders. The most effective leaders understand that their effectiveness is determined by just two things, the decisions they make and the influence they have. And I've had years of conversations with leaders, many of them in the book, and I've asked them to challenge me. I've said, hey, do you believe this? Do you think that a leader's effectiveness is determined by just decision-making and influence? And everybody thinks about it and, you know, they kind of nod and yeah, yeah, yeah. And some will challenge it. And then we get into deep conversations, but there are 20 plus leaders in the book, ranging from Frank Blake, who's the chairman of Delta. He was the CEO of Home Depot. Great leader. Amazing. Horst Schultze, who was one of the co-founders and CEO of Ritz-Carlton Hotels and Capella. Amazing. Yes. All of these amazing men and women who lead really, really well. And every one of them said, you're right. It's just decision-making and influence. All right. That's the premise. So then what I did was I said, how do we elevate and improve decision-making and influence? What is it that leaders are doing with their time in their days? What do their rhythms and routines look like? And since I've had the privilege of journeying with them for the past 25 years as their executive coach, I've got a front row seat. I get to watch. I get to ask. And I get to then put it into a framework. Mm -hmm. So I say there are seven perspectives. All of these leaders are intentionally curious 
in so that they can get the information, make better decisions and maximize influence. That is profound, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking about how I'm going to challenge you as my dog's barking. And, you know, because this is this is life. And sometimes we we're podcasting and the UPS delivery yeah. man shows up because maybe you're addicted to ordering on Amazon. Yeah. Um, so as we talk about those two main areas, you then break it down into different lanes or different perspectives. Is that what you would call them inside of that framework? Yeah, there are seven different perspectives you need to see your business from. And they're not a one and done, they're a constant. So when you look at your week as a leader, you wanna ask yourself if you have discipline and intentional curiosity, time in five of the perspectives for sure, and they will impact your sixth perspective. And then you need that seventh perspective to help you to make sense of it all. And yes, I will unpack all of the perspectives. Because ah, well, are going, that was right, going to be my next question. Yeah. It, and then the importance of them, right? Or do they yeah. all hold equal value? They do. Yeah. yeah. If you uh, if you neglect any, you will not as be not be as effective as you could. So this model, I've been working with organizations with, like I said, for years, I started it in 2014. So we're seven years later when we're recording this in organizations here in the US and abroad. And uh, it used to be five perspectives. Then it grew to six and then it grew to seven. And I was going to write the book at five and I didn't have peace. And and then I was going to write it at six. Mm. And I was like, nope, we're not there. And when the seventh hit, I was like, okay, seven's perfection. Let's go. You're really teasing it out now. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So perspective one is current reality. And I want you to think about as a leader, that term ivory tower leader. Where's that Mm. come from? Well, that comes from years and years of leaders sitting in their ivory tower barking out orders, making decisions, but they're disconnected from the people on the ground. So therefore the quality of their decisions will not be excellent. And they have no influence because everyone's walking around going, nah, you know, guy's a dipstick, you know, ivory right. tower doesn't leader. actually know what he's talking about. Doesn't know what he's no. talking about. So we have, to, we have to go around and spend half of our day cleaning up his or her mess. Current reality, you have to have both feet firmly planted in the mechanics of the business. The best leaders understand the business. They understand what got them to this point, what worked, what didn't work. They understand all the key levers, the inputs, the metrics. They understand what optimizes the business. They they understand how the business works and how to make it win in its current time. Great leaders, current reality is the starting point on their GPS. If you don't have that dialed, well, then getting to a better destination is gonna be difficult because your starting point, you don't see it right. Now, if you're grounded in current reality, then your teammates know she understands the business. She gets it. She understands the mechanics. She understands the functions. She understands how to make it work. Therefore, influence increases because they're not worried about you being ivory tower, okay? You're gonna make better decisions because you understand it, but that in itself, does mm-hmm. not enable you to be an effective leader. It enables you to be an effective manager. That's today. That's current yeah. reality, right? That's, that's history. Yeah. Maybe that's a year ahead, but you're managing. Mm-hmm. Perspective two. Perspective two is long-term vision. 
You have to have a vision that's both clear and compelling, clear enough to build plans from, compelling enough to cause you to want to take risks, because if it doesn't cause you leaders to want to take risks, why would you think it would cause your teammates to want to engage and take risks? It has to cause you mm-hmm. to, to get excited, to your palms to sweat, mm-hmm. clear enough to plan from, compelling enough to cause you to take risk. Why is that important? Well, if you don't have a clear destination, a better tomorrow, well, then where are you leading your team to? And how do you build strategy? If you don't have a win, a future destination, how are you going to define a win and then build strategy? So what happens is you're grounded in current reality, perspective one, you throw an anchor out to perspective two, and you begin pulling the organization towards that better vision. Mm -hmm. It creates a gap because this is where we are today. And that's where I'd love us to be, or we would love to be when we engage our team in this in five, 10 years. Now that gap is where perspective three comes in. Those are strategic bets. You make these strategic bets, not too many of them, because then you'll fail to execute. But these strategic bets, you're betting that these strategies will pay off and move you from current reality to future state. So you resource them. You build gates so that you know whether you're on track or off track. Mm -hmm. You appoint the right leaders. You have rhythms and meetings and teams just around those bets that are different than the meetings that you have when you're running the business week in and week out. You allow for more creativity, more inputs. They're different. They're bets because they're not always going to pay off. They might turn out differently than you thought, but great leaders are always making strategic bets because great leaders are always moving a group of people, an organization to a better tomorrow. Right. Nobody wants to sit in the same place. Yeah. Like they're not comfortable with status quo. Yeah. Now, this is really relevant, leaders, because in 2020 and 2021, a lot of leaders have faced some immense challenges, headwinds and tailwinds. Tailwinds, your business exploded. You had no idea that you would be the recipient of such demand and favor. But your challenge is capacity. Your challenge is how do you continue to resource and you know maybe your supply chain's breaking, maybe your teammates are maxed, maybe recruiting and retention is a difficult, which is difficult for many today. I think you're talking to me. <laughs> or it's immense headwinds where your business just got kicked in the teeth. You're in hospitality, you're in you know, hotel, mm-hmm. you're in travel, you're in, who knows, right? So challenged. Well, if you're looking at your business from these three perspectives, what you're doing is you're breathing hope into you because perspective two is an instrument. It's like a, it's like a fog buster in an airplane that's in the fog. You have to, as a pilot, be able to trust those instruments or your plane's upside down. Everyone's in danger. Well, leaders, that second perspective, that's that instrument fog buster panel, and it enables you to pull the right levers, place the right strategic bets so that you land where you want to land. Mm -hmm. Perspective four is the perspective of the team. This one's been challenged over the last year and a half. Hey, Tricia, what do you think about the business? What do you need? How are you doing? What would you do if you were me? What do you think we need to do or see that we're not doing or seeing right now? The best leaders 
See, the best leaders know their job isn't to be the smartest in the room. It's to surround themselves with the smartest they can. If you surround yourself with the smartest people you can, well, then you want to know what they think, right? You want to know it in the first place, right? Now, if you think you're the smartest person in the room, you could give a rip about what other people think. And then we have to talk about, well, why did you hire these people? The best leaders, Mm -hmm. they know their job is to surround themselves with the best. So then they're intentionally curious and they're asking their teammates, what do you need? What do you see? What do you think? What am I missing? What should we do? They're taking all of that. Then they're looking for the right person to make the decision. Who has the D? I learned this from the CEO of Infinium Petroleum, probably 15 years ago. Infinium Petroleum, headquartered in the UK, owned by Shell and Exxon Mobil, a brilliant leader, one of the most respected leaders that I had worked with, you know, yeah, easily 15 years ago, Dominique Fournier from Marseille, France. And he would always in his, with his executive team, who's going to make the D? Who's the one to make the D? Mm-hmm. So good. He understood he's not the one that needs to make yeah. every D. He needs to make some Ds that are big, right? But if we're talking about the customer experience, if we're talking supply chain, if we're talking finance, if we're talking marketing or whatever it may be, he's looking to the right leader or he's looking through the organization to find out who needs to make the D. And he's pushing decisions down as low as he can with Ds to where people actually understand the consequences of it. They understand the inputs and they'll own the outcome. All right. Well, if you're not intentionally curious and if you're not asking your teammates, you won't know who should make the D. All right. The next perspective is the perspective of the customer. Oftentimes leaders are trusting SurveyMonkey or their internal surveys or reports that are all lagging and the questions were asked in such a way to get certain outputs, the best leaders sit down and break bread with their their customers. And again, in the last year and a half, that's been difficult, but you need to sit down with your customers. What do you need? What's it like to do business with us? Where are we falling down? What do you wish we could do differently? What do you see for your business in the years ahead? And if you're a B in the B2C business, well, right, customer, What's it like to do business with us? What do we need to do? What do we need to change? How can we best serve you going forward? The best leaders are sitting down in the restaurants, in the truck with the person buying their, their truck. They're, you know, with the patient. They're, they're there and they're yeah, asking. That's a, good, that's a good one. I mean, that, that's, that's a good one to have a gap in. It's a scary yeah. one to have a gap in. And you have to. So you, you have to be curious and be looking at where your customers are today and where they're going. The next perspective is the sixth perspective, which is your role. Once you have all of these five inputs, how do you need to now function? Is what you're doing truly the most effective? What are you considering to be your high payoff activities? How are you allocating your time? These first five perspectives inform how you should function Monday through Friday. and then. You keep all of the good disciplines, you keep the good projects that you and you alone should do, and then you delegate and you coach others to take what they should be doing so that they can win in their roles. But you need to understand what your role is. And oftentimes the work we do, you know, I have 25 plus coaches that are working with hundreds of leaders every single week. 
uh, in one-on-one coaching sessions and team engagement and all of it, much of what we're doing is we're working with leaders on how they think about their role, what they believe about their opportunity in the role, and then how they behave. So how do you behave in your role? Yeah, and when there's a lack of clarity for you, then it creates confusion for those around you. There's toe stepping, there's the who's doing what, who's leading what, who, who does have the D. We've seen that show up with different layers of leadership inside our organization where if there is not clarity on what your role is, it creates a lack of clarity for a lot of other people. You bet. And frustration. Ripple effect. Yeah, very fr- a lot of frustration. You know, it creates yeah. a lot of frustration. So you've got all those six perspectives. All right. You're not done. And here was the seventh perspective. I was reflecting on my previous two days. This is when there were six perspectives now going to seven. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about my time with the chairman of one organization and the head of people for another organization, both big organizations. And I was thinking these two leaders, they just needed a thinking partner. That's what I did the last two days. Mm -hmm. I just thought with them. I challenged, I listened, I asked. And I said, you know what they needed was they needed that perspective of the outsider. They needed to have different conversations than they have with their board or with their team to make sure they were seeing those other six perspectives Mm -hmm. right. Were they in that six perspective, their role? Were they seeing it right? Were they doing the right Mm -hmm. things, making the right decisions? So they, they need this perspective of the outsider, especially in today's times where you live in such volatility and uncertainty and complexity and ambiguity. You need that outsider to help you to think it through. Those are the seven perspectives. Approach each of them with intentional curiosity. Invest your time into each of the six, including that outsider. In your role, you'll improve. Your effectiveness will improve because you'll make better decisions and you'll have more influence. End of the book. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm so aligned with everything you're saying personally in that, um, you know, we, we really believe, especially in that seventh one, is as a CEO of an organization myself, having somebody to think with to your point not ask to really challenge me and think with me that is not at belay is is the best gift i get all the time it it gives me a completely different frame of reference because we can get so in our box yeah you know anybody else i'm talking inside the organization whether they've been here for 10 years or 10 days it's just not going to be the third party perspective that I need leading an organization at my level. And so I'm uh, an advocate, a proponent, and a fan of leveraging coaching and coaches. I think it makes such a profound difference in anyone's leadership. Like I, I feel like as a leader who's had the opportunity to work with coaches for many years that I equate it directly to my, my ability to lead my organization well and to get promoted into new roles and be effective as a leader. So I'm I'm such a fan of you and your work Thank and you. your book. Um, for anybody listening, what would you say is is a good practical next step for them? They they've heard you talk through um, the you know these theories, practical effective theories on influence and decision making and the seven perspectives. And if they're listening and they're at the end of this podcast and they're saying, okay, now what? What is the best next step maybe somebody could take 
tomorrow? I mean, mine would be yeah. tell them to order your book, but like, is there anything yeah. else you could give to them as a starting point? You know, we, we created a, a straightforward assessment, sevenperspectives.com. Okay. The number seven perspectives.com. There okay. you go. Go there and there's an assessment you can take. And that assessment is you rating yourself in each of these seven, and it will tell you where you're at and that will help you. Uh, and that doesn't take long. So I, I think that's a good next step. Sure. Yeah, that, that's a perfect next step. And it's free. No, that's perfect. Thank you so much, Daniel. Where can our listeners or audience connect with you and your team? Where's a good place they can find you or connect with you? Website, social? Yeah, yeah buildingchampions.com is like the, the, the mother ship. You know, you can go there and it's, it's resource rich. We're doing some great podcasts. Good. We've got a questioning leadership podcast, which is one where I get to interview a lot of the leaders that are in the book. So I, I've awesome. been enjoying that one. Um, we've got a lot of resources and tools for you there. I am on uh, social media, but I'm not as engaged as I used to be. This last year and a half has led me to be more involved life on life. Uh, with clients yeah. and in community. So yeah. I'm a little less active, but I'm still posting stuff. My team's posting stuff. So I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Okay. You can find Daniel Harkavy there. And uh, that's that's probably the best, best ways. Awesome. Well, thank you, Daniel. I appreciate your time today. I would actually love it if you would hang around after this episode so I can ask you one more question about helping your leaders teams make decisions if you don't mind is that Great. okay with you i don't mind awesome so hey guys to hear that clip the bonus question subscribe to our email list and we'll send you a link to the bonus content or visit the one next step podcast.com where you will find the link in our show notes thank you guys we will see you next week I don't know about you guys, but that was an excellent podcast. My takeaway is to um, go get his book. Actually, I think there's probably a lot of good stories and a lot of good nuggets in there. I actually was feverishly writing a bunch of notes. One of my favorite things he said was, as a leader, you need IQ and EQ. And how true. It's not just intellect. It's not just emotional intelligence. It's finding a great combination of both. And it feels like the seamless line between everything, if you boiled it all down, came to hiring the right people and trusting them to do their jobs. And that's the leader you want to be. So that was very uh, powerful for me. I hope you guys got um, something out of it as well. And as always, we have a download for you so you can take your one next step. This week's download is a free study guide and audio guide to Daniel's book, The Seven Perspectives of Effective Leadership. And there will be a link and a code, Belay21, to the resource available in the show notes. So to get the show notes, text the phrase One Next Step to 31996 or visit One Next Step Podcast dot com and you'll get access to today's resource so you can keep moving forward. Thank you for joining us today, guys. Until next time, lead wisely and lead well.
Guys, in next week's episode, our guest is Phil Palin, the CEO of Phil Palin Collective and the host of the Brand Therapy Podcast. He'll be talking about how business leaders can use social media as an incredible sales tool by allowing their team members and customers to become ambassadors for their brand. Here's a sneak peek into our conversation with Phil. When they decided to launch a new product, it was a candle. They hadn't done a candle before. Rather than them deciding on the scent, they took it to their audience in a blog post and said, here's what we're thinking of doing, but we want you to be a part of this decision-making process. What do you think our first candle should be? Comments on this blog post were over a thousand comments of people wanting to contribute. So some of these things we don't think immediately, oh, we can do that, but actually you can. And when you do something interesting and creative, that's what people remember. And when people remember that, that's branding. Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com.